Then we've seen, though, also, just throughout the whole of Scripture, that Lady Wisdom is a type, points us towards a type of Jesus. So really, if we're going to boil down what it means to walk with Lady Wisdom, it comes down pretty simply to this. It's following Jesus. Now, obviously, as Proverbs was written, Jesus hadn't come in the flesh yet. He hadn't given his life yet. All those things that we know are going to happen. But as we know throughout Scripture, from the very beginning pages all the way to the end, it all points us towards God who saves his people through Jesus. And so we can see now as we're looking back that the book of Proverbs points us towards wisdom, towards lady wisdom, but even greater and better as it pushes us to look towards Jesus because walking with lady wisdom is following Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 reminds us that Jesus is where wisdom is found. We'll read that on the screen just to, to see that. Colossians 2, 2 and 3 and Paul is talking about how he's going to be praying for people, and he says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding, and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Right there, we see very clearly that if we're going to talk about what wisdom is, it all culminates in the person of Jesus Christ. And so for us today, that's going to be very important as we look at the book of Proverbs to understand that What we're talking about with wisdom, there's wisdom and there's Jesus, and they are linked together. And today, what we're going to see through verses 13 through 20 is that walking with lady wisdom leads to the blessed life. The blessed life. Now, perhaps, you'll see up here, this is not the number sign. Some of you probably understand social media. This is the hashtag. uh, Hashtag blessed. Um, and, and I wanted to, I did that on purpose. Uh, some of you who have followed social media know that there is a fad that has been going on for a long time now in which you post about how great your life is and then you just end it with hashtag blessed because that makes it all better. It's not a brag anymore if you say hashtag blessed because then you're giving credit to something or someone. Um, Sometimes you'll see this about a family life. You know, I, I have such a great wife and kids and look how wonderful our life is going, hashtag blessed. I just was able to go on a great vacation and spend a lot of time on the beach, hashtag blessed. Uh, you might see, uh, I just, my sports team just won the Super Bowl, hashtag blessed. Whatever it might be, uh, it, it's just something you can just throw on something because, hey, if something is good, then I can just say hashtag blessed, it's going to go viral and all that's going to be great. Sometimes it might just be a cute selfie, you know, you take a picture, person your lips, whatever, hashtag blessed, I guess because, you know, you have lips, I don't know. But <laughs> the hashtag blessed thing has become huge, but it's in the process of that happening, the word blessed has lost all meaning. The word blessed no longer applies necessarily in today's society to God, that he is the source of all blessings, and that has been forgotten But I want to say today, there is a way to the truly blessed life. And and honestly, what we we don't see is we don't... Okay, can't say this has never happened. Maybe somebody has. But we wouldn't see somebody posting on social media saying, I was just in a car accident and I've broken three of my bones and I I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to walk again. Hashtag blessed. We don't see... Someone saying, oh, I just broke up, hashtag blessed. Well, maybe you do, that's a problem, but hashtag blessed. When things are going terrible, when we have a bad diagnosis, hashtag blessed. And I'm not saying nobody would do that, but that's not how it's been used. And the point of that is, I'm just saying that we are always blessed. 
No matter what our circumstances are, blessing goes beyond that. Blessing goes by the favor of God upon us. We looked at that a little bit last week, and we're going to look at it again this week. We need to redefine what it means to be blessed. It doesn't mean that everything is going perfect in our life, and we have the best relationships and the best vacations, and everything's going well, and therefore, hashtag blessed. My life is blessed. Our life is blessed through walking with Lady Wisdom, following Jesus, and whatever comes in life, whatever the circumstance may be, we can truly live a blessed life. The word blessed, as we've looked at before, is really a form of the word happy, joyous, uh, that you can look at life and you can have joy in the face of all circumstances. And we would talk about the word happy. We've even lost what that means. Happy doesn't mean that we emotionally enjoy every part of our life. What it means is that we have a settled contentment in our hearts no matter what may come. And so we're going to talk about that today. And as I wrote this sermon, I thought of an uh, acquaintance of mine that I had in Bible college. See, he was well behind, before his time. Before social media had really taken root, before the hashtag blessed movement, uh, his name was Tom, and I still remember him. I, I, he wasn't a great friend. I didn't talk to him a whole lot. Kind of, we kind of ran in different circles, but I remember every single time that I would run into Tom, you know, you always say, hey, how are you doing? You know, most people, fine, good, okay, busy, whatever they might say. Tom, no matter what. Every time you'd say, hey, Tom, how are you doing? He'd say, and he had this little speech impediment, but he would say, I'm blessed, brother. I'm blessed. And the idea was, is he is blessed. And he would say that every single time. And I watched him as he was having terrible times because he, he was struggling in school. He was struggling with things in his life. He had a poor family life. And I knew things were going on in his life. And I would still ask him, Tom, how are you doing today? And he would say, I'm blessed, brother. I'm blessed. And so that, that made an impression in my mind that, I just understood that he understood that as he looked at his life, no matter what would come, that God was blessing him in that moment because he had Jesus. And it was one of those things you always knew and you could see it in his life, you could see it in his heart and it came out on his tongue. That's the true meaning of blessed. To be able to look at anything and everything in life, not look at the world's view of what the blessed life looks like, what the blessed life looks like, but to look at God's blessings no matter what is happening. And we need that as our setup, we need that as our foundation, as now we go into the rest of Proverbs chapter 3, at least through 13 through 20, as we look today at what, how wisdom will bring the blessed life. So let's read before we go any further. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. As you'll see in verse 13 and then kind of closed up in this stanza in verse 18, you see the very first word is blessed and the very last word is blessed. This is done on purpose. This is to point us to what the blessed life looks like. And the blessed life is going to look like 
walking with Lady Wisdom, following Jesus. And so let's look at why then, why is it that wisdom, walking with Lady Wisdom, will bring us a blessed life? Why is it and how does that work? Well, let's look at just starting in verse 13 through 15. We see that Lady Wisdom is priceless. Lady Wisdom is priceless. Now, as we're thinking about the fact that this is a father to a son telling him about this lady he should pursue, it's this idea that there is no one that is more worth pursuing than this woman. She is priceless. There is no one else worth pursuing. And so, therefore, as Lady Wisdom is priceless, we see a few things come out. In verse 13, we see that she is worth searching for. Watch that in verse 13. It says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. In order to find something, you have to search for it. And so, Lady Wisdom, following Jesus, wisdom to the give, bring to the blessed life is worth searching for. It's worth going out of our way. It's worth looking for. It's worth going out to find it. And that is because it is priceless. We also see that Lady Wisdom is, more, is worth more than gold or silver. I mean, so this is the very idea of being priceless, right? So worth searching for because she's even more valuable. Wisdom is even more valuable than any money that we could earn, any money that we could come across. Gold and silver, standard measurements of wealth. Gold and silver. No matter what the measurement of wealth is in verse 14, we see that she is better than gain from silver, better than profit from gold. This is why walking in wisdom is so important. It's, it's completely different than what the world would say. The world would say, hey, you need to pursue and strive for worldly success and riches. Find gold and silver, whatever it takes to get there, and then you'll have the hashtag blessed life. But that is not what we are told. Pursuing wisdom is following Jesus, which does is better than gold or silver. Not only that, but she is also more uh, worth more than jewels. Goes on and, and says she is more precious than jewels. The understanding here, when the word jewel here is like the most priceless item you could find on the planet. It's more than just ordinary money. This is the most priceless thing you could find. And she is worth more than that. In other words, walking with Lady Wisdom, following Jesus, is priceless. It's more valuable than anything or everything we could ever desire or see in this world. That is contrary to how the world lives, but we are called to look to a better life. We are called to look towards a better person, and that is Jesus. Let's continue as we continue to go through these verses. Lady Wisdom, we see, is also desirable. She is desirable. Not only priceless and worth everything, but desirable. She is a beautiful woman that you should be wanting to pursue. The woman that you see and you just know she's beautiful and I'm going to run after her. That's what we need to think about when we think about Lady Wisdom. Because she is desirable. We see in verse 15, again, she's, it says, not only is she more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. She is desirable. The most desirable. She is better than anything the world has to offer. There is nothing better than walking with Lady Wisdom and f by following Jesus. There is nothing better. Now that's hard for us to actually believe sometimes because we see all the things that the world has to offer but none of them can even compare to walking with 
Jesus. Next, in verse 16, we see that she brings true riches and honor. True riches and honor. Not only is she priceless herself, but she will bring riches and honor. It is so desirable. We look to her and we say, she is going to bring true riches, true honor. Maybe you've experienced this just in a physical, in, in a way in this world, where you will realize that if, if you're married or if there's someone else in your life that you, are, you love very much, and you would say, I would be... I would be willing to be poor as long as I could be with this person. Well, it's even greater than that. That's the understanding here is like the riches and honor that you receive by by walking with Lady Wisdom is not just about your portfolio. This is about knowing Jesus and having complete blessedness and joy in everything. And that is the the greatest riches and honor you can have because Lady Wisdom brings that to us. And finally, Lady Wisdom very simply, is beautiful. Verse 17 says, Her ways are ways of pleasantness. This word for pleasantness is also used in other places for simply beautiful. Pleasant and beautiful. Who doesn't want to experience a pleasant and beautiful life? But again, pleasant and, and a pleasant and beautiful life doesn't have to come the way the world says it does. It's knowing that no matter what comes, we can look to Jesus And we can truly appreciate him for everything he is and love him and see him as beautiful because Lady Wisdom is beautiful and so is Jesus. As we continue on, more in verse 16, but Lady Wisdom is vital. Lady Wisdom is vital. Lady Wisdom is a woman who brings light to your life. He brings meaning and purpose to life. That's what Lady Wisdom does, and that's what Jesus does. That's when we follow Jesus, he brings purpose, he brings a real life that is worth living. Not a fake life that will one day just all fade away, but a true life that will last forever, a true life that will matter. So Lady Wisdom is vital. Following Jesus, walking with Lady Wisdom is vital to our lives. We see in verse 16, uh, and this is always tricky when we get to these verses, but let's just think about what it's really saying. It's saying, long life is in her right hand. Long life. So is this a promise that will never die young? No, that's not what the point is. The point is, is when you walk with Lady Wisdom, when you follow Jesus, no matter how long your life is on this earth, it is a full life that can be seen as a long life. I may have mentioned this last week. I had a friend who died at 26. Perished in a way that you would never imagine. Falling, out of a, falling off of a gorge. Never saw it coming, but he had lived his life for Jesus. He had shared his, the gospel. He had seen m- many, many people come to know Jesus through his ministry. And he lived a long and good life, even though he was cut short at 26 years old. It's not about the length. However, there is some wisdom to say if you follow Jesus and you do the things that the Bible says you should do, you follow his words, then in most cases, that probably will mean that you'll live longer because you're not going to be doing the stupid stuff that gets you killed. So there is some truth there, but let's not cling on to that and say, well, if I just follow Jesus, then, I'm never, then I can be guaranteed 90 years. Maybe you can. Maybe you will. But maybe you'll only have 26. But whatever years you do have, it'll be a long and lasting and real life. After all, what does the whole Bible say about walking with Jesus? Well, it leads, it's part of and leads to eternal life. How much longer can life be than eternal? And so we have long life with Jesus. 
Continuing on, we see that Lady Wisdom gives us peace. Verse 17, and her paths are peace. We talked about peace last week. This is not the absence of any strife. It's not the absence of conflict. It's not the absence of stress. All those things may still come into your life. It's not the absence of fear. It's not the absence of any of these emotions that we feel. But what it is, it's a completeness. It is a a life that is fulfilled. No matter how we feel, no matter what circumstances come our way, we know that we have ultimate peace that is, a, that is an understood, uh, we're just, we know we're sustained by God and we, are under, we understand that no matter what comes our way, we have true and lasting peace. Our life is fulfilled. See, the world says find fulfillment in all the things that the world has to offer and then you'll get rest, then you'll have peace. But if you've seen anything with the rat race of life, people just keep wanting more. Whatever level you get to in this world, you still want to get to the next. But what we're told is if you want to find true peace, fulfillment in life, it only comes through walking with Lady Wisdom by following Jesus with your life. That is what Proverbs says. It's what the whole New Testament points to. Finally, and I already said this, so I got ahead of myself, but she gives eternal life. Verse 18. Verse 18 She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. So this is a continuation of this idea that she gives true life. Walking in wisdom, following Jesus, gives us true life that has meaning. But the idea that the the tree of life is used here, we can't lose that. The tree of life was in the Garden of Eden at the very beginning of creation. The tree of life is seen again in the book of Revelation at the very end of all things. When the new heavens and new earth have come, there's a tree of life. And we see the bookends of the tree of life throughout the whole of Scripture, showing us that the life that God offers knows no end. And so again, we have eternal life through walking with Lady Wisdom. It's the only life worth pursuing. Every other life ends and is destroyed. But the eternal life that is given through walking in wisdom and following Jesus will never end. So now that we've looked at who Lady Wisdom is. She's priceless, she's desirable, and she's vital to our lives. How important it is to walk with Lady Wisdom, to follow Jesus. Then there's this added bonus that we get to this passage. Seems like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense as far as how does it relate to what we just read. But if you look look at it and think about it, this is how I think we can connect this. In verses 19 and 20, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. What I want to say today is this. Lady Wisdom was introduced by God. In other words, if you excuse me saying this, God is the divine matchmaker. He has brought wisdom to us. He's given wisdom to us and he's given that through Jesus Christ. We already saw that in the book of Philippians already this morning. The rest of scripture shows us that God himself has introduced wisdom to us. Wisdom isn't something, Lady Wisdom isn't someone, wisdom isn't something that just happened to happen. But this is God himself wrote wisdom into all of life. And so therefore, he is the one introducing Lady Wisdom to us. And it would be foolish of us to take the person, to take the wisdom that God is giving, that he has shown and that he continues to give, and just say, no, God, I don't want that. Let's see what we see here in verse 19. We see that wisdom is seen in God's creation. God created the world through wisdom. Now in just a moment, you guys, if you know your scriptures, you know where we're going to go later on in our sermon, when we look at the fact that Jesus was an active agent in creation. 
But the point is, is that so God's wisdom through Jesus was all the way back at creation. Everything God created from the very beginning was created out of wisdom. The very beginning of the world is wisdom. It'll last forever. And therefore, if wisdom was created at the very beginning of time, God's wisdom was always there. It's eternal. Therefore, we can trust in that wisdom and we can walk in that wisdom because God has shown us what it is. We've also seen that wisdom in verse 20 Wisdom is seen in God's sustenance. Wisdom is seen as God's sustenance. Not only did he establish the heavens and found the earth and create the world through wisdom, we also see that by his knowledge, the deeps broke open, the clouds dropped down the dew. The idea here is that everything that needs to continue to function to keep this world running is all founded on wisdom. Uh, we were just at a science museum last week, and you know science museums are weird because you see like, all the stuff everywhere about the millions, billions of years and, and stuff that you're like, I'm not, this is not true. But then you tell your kids, well, this is actually this and that, whatever. But we do all that. But one thing happened. We watched a video. And they were talking about nature. And one of the, what, what they said in the video was, what we're finding is that all of nature has purpose. And they were talking about how, like, if a dead tree dies, if a tree dies, fungus grows on it, then animals eat the fungus, then the animals die, and, all, and then someone else will feed on that, and how it's this cycle. And they said, it's amazing that nature is full of purpose. And I wanted to yell out, duh. Like, I mean, like, it was one of those moments. Like, yes, nature is full of purpose because it's logical, because it's wise, it's wisdom. God created it. God sustains it. Everything in this world is by God's wisdom. God showed us wisdom and introduced wisdom to us at creation and continues to show us wisdom by everything we look at in the world we live in. With that as our background then, we need to understand that wisdom should, how we, should be how we order our lives. If God has ordered creation by wisdom, then we should order our lives through wisdom. We should walk with wisdom, walk with Lady Wisdom and follow Jesus. Let's look at a New Testament passage this morning as we think about this, and then we're going to jump into our conclusion, but don't get too excited, it's a long one. <laughs> Wisdom should order our lives, so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 1 right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It should be up on the screen if you're following along. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1, I think that's what I said. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. He is the image, this is talking about Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell And through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on the earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Why do we read this passage? Well, I think it's very clear. The beginning of this passage tells us Jesus was an agent of creation. He was there. Everything was made for him, through him, by him. Jesus, the wisdom of God, from the very beginning, has ordered everything. 
Not only at, be- at the beginning, but it also says that he holds all things together. Everything continues the way it needs to continue because of God's sovereignty through Jesus as he oversees this world. But then at the end of this passage, with all of that being in our knowledge bank, knowing that Jesus is the creator and Jesus is the sustainer, then he says we should walk blameless and above, and above reproach. And how do we do that? We continue in faith. We believe. Uh, we, are, we are stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. That, all those things, that's walking with wisdom. That's walking with lady wisdom. That's following Jesus. That's what these words are about. And so what we're told is since Jesus is the author of this world, he's the sustainer of this world, then we need to live for him. As he ordered the world through his wisdom, we need to order our lives through his wisdom as well. So that leads us to our conclusion. I've got three questions today that I want all of us to ask. Now normally when we do this, I break down each question. But actually I'm going to give you all three questions, and then we're going to answer all those questions through some passages in the New Testament. So that's where we're going to be today. So here's the questions we need to be thinking about as we seek, as we should be anyway, seeking to walk with Lady Wisdom and to follow Jesus. First question, is following Jesus, in this case, walking in wisdom, but is following Jesus worth it to you? Is following Jesus worth it to you? The second question is this, is your desire, your, your real desire, your your fullest desire to follow Jesus above all else not just something to add not just someone that once in a while we can follow but is it your desire to follow Jesus above all else and finally the question really comes to this are you finding life in Jesus alone are you finding the hashtag blessed life if you want to say it that way in Jesus alone Because this is what our calling is. We are called to walk in wisdom. I'm going to read some passages from the New Testament. But before I even get there, I just want to say is, I never want to assume anything. If there is anyone here today that when I'm talking about following Jesus and walking in wisdom, you you haven't even started the journey with Jesus. You haven't stepped onto the path to follow with Jesus because you haven't embraced and understood and received the gospel, well, today's the day you can do that. We can receive the gospel, the fact that Jesus lived a perfect life on our behalf so that he could die for us to bring us forgiveness for our sin, the times we've walked away from God and lived in a selfish, unbelieving way. He died on the cross so that we would not have to experience the death of eternal separation from a relationship with him. He did all of that, and then he not only died, as we just remembered through communion, but he rose again. He he lives again. Three days later, he rose so that he's alive. He's conquered sin and death, and he's a living Savior. And he's done all of that, and then it's the gospel, and one day he will be coming back to set all things right. You know, he ordered this world in wisdom, and sin has gotten the way, and sin has ruined a lot of things, but there is a day when wisdom will be the only thing we see, because this world will be once again the way it was meant to be. And that's coming as Jesus will return for his people. All those pieces come together into the gospel, the good news, that even though we've sinned and we deserve death, that that death that means that we won't have eternal life, that one day it'll all be over. And one day we'll be uh, 
separated from God's goodness and mercy in a place called hell, but yet Jesus did all of that for us so we don't have to experience that. That is good news. That is the gospel. So if you haven't started walking with Jesus, it's by, you start by receiving the gospel, by saying, Jesus, I believe everything that you've done. I believe in who you are. Would you please save me? Would you help me to follow you and repent and turn away from how I want to live and live for you? That is how we start this walking with wisdom. But I trust that most of us in this room have come to that place where we have started the journey with Jesus. We are on the path with Jesus. So as we walk with him then, we need to ask these questions. Is continuing to follow him, is, is living for him worth it? If you've started or haven't started, are, is it worth it to you to follow Jesus, to walk in wisdom, to follow him above all else? And is it, that, is it really your desire to do so? And are you finding your life in Jesus alone? Because even as Christians, we can start looking the wrong way. We can start getting distracted by the stuff that's around us and start living for things that aren't Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I'm right here, just come back. It's okay. Repent, come back. And so today we've got to ask these questions. Luke 14 is where we're going to start today as we look at three passages in the New Testament. Remember these questions as we read these. Luke 14, 25 through 33. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes after me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate uh, whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. These are Jesus' words. And remember the first question, is following Jesus worth it to you? And what Jesus says in these words is pretty simple. It's harsh in some ways. It feels harsh, but it's pretty simple. He's basically saying, if you're going to follow me, that means you're going to have to give up living for yourself. You're going to have to give up living for this world, and you're going to have to live for me. He says that anything you do, you've got to count the cost. You've got to look at it and say, something good, this is going to cost me something. Is it worth it for me to pay this cost? We do that in everything in life. Is it worth it to pay the cost for this certain thing? Or in this case, is it worth it to try to build a tower? Is it worth it to take my 10,000 against 20,000? How am I going to do this? And, and Jesus says, you've got to count the cost. And the cost is simple. It's saying, We're going to gi- I'm going to give up my claim on my life. I'm going to give up my claim on everything in my life. That doesn't mean that we become poor and destitute and, and, and walk around in dust. But what it means is I renounce my claim on on the things of my life. I say, Jesus, these are yours. Everything that I have, everything that I am, every part of my life is yours. And if you choose to take any of that away, then I have you. That's the understanding here. That everything needs to be willing, even our very families. That's the harsh part about this, I know that. But even our very families, if they get in the way of our relationship with Jesus, then we need to look to Jesus and be willing to turn our backs on even the people that we love most. It's hard, but it's the way of the Christian. However, could just stay there. Hey, yeah, life's going to stink. 
No, that's not where we're staying. Because Jesus doesn't say all this because he's saying, yeah, you're going to live a miserable life. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. Matthew 13, 44 through 46 tells us why we should be willing to pay the cost. Matthew 13, 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search for fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. These parables that Jesus tells, we've looked at them already when we went through the book of Matthew, this shows us why it's worth the cost. Renouncing our claim on our lives is worth it because we gain the treasure of the kingdom of God. We gain the pearl of great price, the kingdom of heaven. We gain everything that we could ever desire, not physically in a worldly way, but through Jesus, we have complete peace. Look, we've talked about this all through, what it means to walk with Lady Wisdom, and it's seen here as well. See, it's going to cost something to walk in wisdom. It will cost something to follow Jesus. That is true. We can't miss that. But the cost is worth it. Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth everything, following him. And I know sometimes it's hard to see because we see the, the pearls of this world and we say, these are what I want. But what we need is Jesus. And he gives us the kingdom of heaven. He brings us into his kingdom. And that is worth selling everything and buying into it. That's the idea of these, these parables, right? I mean, the guy sells everything he has to buy the field. The guy sells everything he has to get this pearl. And that's what, our, that's what our attitude should be towards following Jesus and walking with Lady Wisdom. We need to desire it. And we should desire it because it's the greatest desire we can have. There's nothing better in the whole world than walking in wisdom and following Jesus. Our final question, if you remember, was are you finding life in Jesus alone? Well, Paul, knowing all of this truth, puts it really well in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 becomes very clear how Paul views his relationship with Jesus and what's truly important to him. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul says very clearly here, sum it all up, and we're going to sum it all up in a song in just a few minutes, He is worth it all. That's what Paul says. He says, following Jesus, it's worth getting rid of everything else to gain Jesus because I then will have true life. I will have the resurrected life that God has promised. You see, walking with Lady Wisdom is following Jesus and following Jesus is worth anything and everything we have to pay to receive the great reward of Jesus himself and the great peace and joy and eternal life, eternal wisdom that he gives. 
Paul understood that in Philippians chapter 3, and the understanding as we read it today is that that should be our understanding as well. And so I simply want to challenge us all this morning, even as the worship team wants to start coming up, so we can jump right into this song, I want to just encourage everyone to, to look at Philippians chapter 3 and think about what Paul had to say and just think about, is Jesus really worth it all? Is he worth it all to you? So as we sing this song in a couple minutes, I would say this. If you're not sure if he's worth it all, if you're on the fence or maybe you just know that there's other things that you'd rather pursue, then don't sing this song because you'll be lying. But what I want to ask is that you consider as we do sing the words of the song that you would make them your own. It wouldn't just be a song on a screen that we sing because it's church. But that we would sing these words as a prayer to Jesus. As a declaration to everyone else who's here that he is worth it all. That living for Jesus, no matter what it costs, is worth it. That's what we get to sing. That's what we get to pray. And so would you join me now? Rise and let's sing this song together as a family.